Parenting sucks sometimes. It's not like you see on TV. It's not like you see on Pinterest. And it's not what the perfect Facebook moms try to make it seem. Kids are loud. Kids break things. Kids always make messes. On Kids for Sale, we explore the reality of being parents. The parts that aren't fun. The parts that nobody wants to admit to each other. Because being a parent is hard. And sometimes the only thing that makes it easier is hearing how bad it sucks for someone else. So join us on Kids for Sale every other Friday on the Journey into Comics Network. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. I like to take a huge handful of baby carrots and jam them up into the black of my butthole. What's up, everybody? It's Dick here, and I am joined by Tyler. I'm just going to warn everybody right now. I'm going to be an asshole about everything in this episode. Yes. Because I am not in a good mood. I haven't been in a good mood for about three days, and I had a shit fucking day at work. So I'm going to be an a-hole. Man. Are you are you just in a shit mood because you're back... In Indiana. That's part of it, for sure. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Uh, yeah, today kind of sucked. Well, this week has kind of sucked. Our, our overtime has picked up because we uh, had a lot of issues with our body shop. So uh, on top of that, we're just, I think overtime's just picking up in general. It's summertime. It's yeah, the it's... time to do it. The day is, you know, daylight's longer. and Yeah, uh, we're, we're ramping up the production of the new Subaru Ascent. Uh, and now we have Saturdays. Yay. The next three Saturdays, to be exact. Not a row. Second, ninth, and the 23rd, so. The 16th the next, Okay, let me rephrase that. The next three Saturdays that matter. Yeah. Because we had shit to do this weekend. Mm-hmm. I was going to go to California for the 9th, and the 23rd we were going to go to Gear Fest. So literally, all of the plans that you and I had for the month of June, fucked. <laughs> Just gone. Yeah. I mean, I st- I, the 9th is still good for me because the Doom Room 5th anniversary show is that night. That I am definitely going to. So, uh, check that out. And it's the only human benefit show. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, very excited for that. Uh, I'm supposed to be singing a song or two with only human. So it's been a while since I did that, and it's always a fun thing to do. Uh, I really enjoy doing that. Well, you know, we've we've talked about music more in probably the last four or five episodes than we have since I than all of the episodes that I've since I've came onto the show, and uh, you know, since we had Shane on and uh, Ryan, 
mm-hmm. I uh, I checked out their stuff, and I really I really dig their stuff that they've got on Spotify. And even with all of the new albums and shit that we've dissected and broke down and listened to a shit ton, I'm listening to their stuff along with that. Awesome. Yeah, they're great. Because I, I really dig their shit. And yeah, I've always enjoyed them. It's it's really hard for me to get into local music unless it's somebody that I know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could have sent me their music on Spotify even before I met them. And um, I still would have enjoyed it, you know, even not knowing them. And so, and that, that speaks volumes for me just because I, I have a hard time getting into local music yeah i understand it's easier for me because you know i've been part of the local scene for so long now and it's so i that's that's almost a a staple of my music uh is the just the local because i'll I'll listen to local stuff over mainstream stuff sometimes yeah like i'll i'll check that's actually how i get most of my new music is going to shows locally right um yeah i i'm very glad you you enjoy only human because they're great Great dudes, great music uh, for those listening and or watching. Hit up Only Human. Check them out. Their music is great. They got two EPs uh, up on Spotify and uh, I don't, I'm pretty sure iTunes. Uh, if you want, if you go to Midwest Hell Melodies Bandcamp, you can download all of their music for free. So where you can also you can also donate. It's it's a choose your own price type thing, uh, or you can. Check them out at a live show, hopefully sometime soon. Hopefully at, or definitely at the Doom Room 9th anniversary show at North End Pub. And their GoFundMe page is still active. Yes. Um, So for anybody that didn't catch our episode when we had them on, all of their gear and shit got decimated in a house fire. So any donations towards their cause, it's a good donation. Mm Mm-hmm. You're re- you're really fucking wigging me out over there, Dude, touching that thing every this, three seconds. So I got a new pop filter, and it is ginormous and is like really loose and wobbles a lot. Why don't you tighten it? I there's um, that's what I've been trying to figure out is how to tighten it, and I'm not seeing many options that I can do like right now on the go. Take it off. Just take it off. Just take it off because you're 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 really wigging me out. Unless you put it right up against the mic, so then it doesn't move. <laughs> it's it's not gonna work. <laughs> uh, uh. That's better. It's still I, like loose. I can deal with that though. Loose is gonna bug me. I don't know. It, it's like giant. Uh, Andrew Poor of the Poor Report. At, I posted a picture of like all this new stuff I got, and he's like, "Is that a welding mask?" Because <laughs> it's giant. I legitimately thought that's what it was. It's too. giant. I'm gonna show the cam- I'm gonna show the camera real quick. Yeah, this thing is ginormous. Well, it, it's about the same size as the dragon pad. So it's obnoxious. Yes. Either way. And that's how we do it, podcast. We like to be obnoxious. We are super obnoxious. I'm also like really a stickler about things being loose. Yeah. I get you. <laughs> so uh We don't like it, it when things are loose here in podcast free. Bobby Mullen says, Wow, guy guys with O C D. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Super O C D. Uh about peculiar things like yeah. We're very eclectic people. Yeah, we we do things. And stuff. And stuff. <laughs> we like things. And stuff. And stuff. <laughs> <sighs> At least we've got beer. We've got mm-hmm. uh, the delicious pineapple cosmic jacuzzi from Brewlink. I to, saw it, and I had to get it. 
I'm, I'm going to have to roll in there and get some because I've, I've been meaning to do that anyway, but I don't like that liquor store and it's on the other side of town now from where I live. Yeah. So hmm. I'll, I'll get it. I'll, I'll get over there eventually. I get a text from Miranda saying, are you calling me loose? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a joke to someone else. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, God. She who shall not be named the abyss. The void. I don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> so, okay. I went to Texas this past week. You weekend. did. I had an awesome time. Yeah. Weather was beautiful. Right around 90 with 100% humidity. Sunshine. Got to get drunk and lay in a pool. Got me a little bit of a tan. I think I joined you in the tan department had, had some, a little bit. Had some really good beer while I was there. Let's hear about From it. multiple breweries. Yeah? Um, St. Arnold is a brewery that I have not heard of. Excuse me. But as soon as I got there, you know, one of the first things my dad and I did was go straight to the bar. And uh, he said, yeah, you should... My dad is very particular about beer, and so am I, due to the fact that we spent so much time in Germany. You know, they, they, yeah. they literally have a law about beer, on what you can call beer, and the purity of beer, and I'm not going to get into that. But So he's very anti... Um, he's very anti-craft beer, just because... A lot of the craft beer, early craft beers that he had was all hop and no taste. Oh, yeah. You know, it was just bitter, turn it up to 11, and it, it chew on it. You know what I mean? Yes. So, he's been blowing me shit, but he's had a few that he liked, and he obviously watches the show the majority of the time, so he said, you should try some of this St. Arnold stuff. I've heard it's really good. And uh, what was the, I can't remember, what was the, the first one I tried was the one I told you to write down. I wrote it down. St. <laughs> Arnold Art Car IPA. Art Car IPA. So it, it had something to do with like an art car parade that was going on in Houston. They, they, they brewed that beer specifically for uh, the time around this art car parade, which I thought was really cool. Because Houston's such a big city, you know, Houston as a city is still the fastest growing city in the U.S., and then you have all of the suburbs that are all some of the fastest growing suburbs in the yeah. U.S., which the suburbs around Houston are now like the size of Indianapolis, so all of the suburbs are cities within themselves. So I thought that was cool, and it was really good. Did you bring any back? No. I brought some other beers back. They're in the refrigerator. I didn't want to bust them out tonight because we have other things to talk about. True, true. And Man, this chat is, like, full of people I don't know. This is great. Connor is a uh, guy I went to school with. Okay. Thanks for the like. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks <laughs> for the thanks for the like. Awkward. Bye, pause. Bobby. I don't know who you are, but bye. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who you are either, but thanks for watching for the short time you did, if you're actually leaving. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I, I had some no label stuff, which is a, a popular brewery, especially in Houston. I brought back uh, one of their pop most popular beers. It's called Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's an ass kicker. Oh, so that's in the fridge, getting cold. Um, is it like a bourbon stout or a stout or anything? Like I that? don't actually know what it is. Okay, my that's, dad, my that's dad considered an ass kicker. My dad just said it'll kick you in the nuts. So. Uh, and then I brought back a jalapeno ale, which I uh, believe is also from No Label. So we'll try that next week. Okay. Yeah, I'll just have a taste of that. Those are those aren't drinking beers. Those are well tasting beers. Uh, so this is the second iteration of their jalapeno beer. The first time, my dad said the beer was really good with a little bit of jalapeno flavor. Okay. He said this time around when they brewed it, it is. Really good beer flavor, really fucking hot jalapeno. Oh boy! <laughs> so, I figured you and I would definitely just share that one. Okay. But I look forward. To, I I look forward for you to taste the Black Widow more than anything. Because you know I'm not big into ass kickers. Yeah. Well, I'm not really either. But you know, I don't know the, those Dark Lords that we drank on uh, Brews with Dudes. Well, were really good. You know the one that I tried. Um, the one that I tried uh, when we went to 450's release back in February, I really dug that version of Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. Remember the guy brought it brought it up to us in line. Yes, that was so, good. that was the 2017 Dark mm-hmm. Lord. I really dug that one. So, yeah, this is, it's it's gonna be nice uh, not talking about 450 North beyond mentioning it. Yeah. today, like yeah, I mean we don't really have any. <laughs> Any 450 North news. I don't even have my, we don't even have our 450 hats on. No, I just, I got my hair cut, so I don't really need a hat right now. I always wear a hat. I mean, I sometimes do, but. It protects my head I'm, I'm from pretty, stuff. And things. And things. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with my hair right now, so like, I, I don't feel like I have to hide it. Well, I was going to get my hair trimmed up and my beard trimmed up, but now I have to work Saturday, so. You have no idea, like how happy i am we're working these saturdays i know i get you dude i have a mortgage i, I totally understand like, oh my god my wallet is gonna love me my bank account is gonna love me you mean your bills are gonna love you that because you should be responsible <laughs> and pay your bills that's exactly what i'm talking about i'm not <sighs> the, the fact that i'm gonna be able to pay my bills and you know survive sur- it's not gonna be like a paycheck to paycheck thing it's gonna be like oh i have some cushion and because I'm like in the survival mode right now, I'm not going to use it. Well, here's what you should do: you should take all that extra money, save it. That no, 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 no. All that extra. See, here's the thing: anybody that is trying to get into finances and and fiscal responsibility, something Listen that up, folks, something that we as uh, citizens of the United States don't know a whole lot about. Uh, I normally don't like to promote infomercial shit. But Dave Ramsey fucking knows what he's talking about. If you want to learn how to get ahead financially, if you want to learn how to save money and pay your bills the right way and elevate your financial status, read one of his books. Watch his YouTube series. Listen to his podcast. Dave Ramsey is a smart motherfucker, and he's made a lot of money with very little investment because he's been very smart with his money. Yeah. And a lot of the the shit that I preach to you about financial responsibility, where do you think I learned it? It's fucking Dave Ramsey. So I've had more than one person tell me. Yeah, I mean you Dave you, you need to watch one of his or 
yeah, watch his YouTube series or read one of his books or hell, listen to his podcast because anything that guy says is gold. Yeah. You know, because if you look at it, if you look at it this way, you're in survival mode, you know, X amount of money will get you from here to here. Now you're going to have all this extra money. Our first instinct is to save it. So then if something bad goes, goes down, then we have that extra money as the cushion. Well, if you take that extra money that you don't normally have and use it as you still would normally have it, then you can pay your bills ahead, which is great. So, like, when I when I had a truck payment, I paid my truck off early, mm-hmm. but I was always paid up on my truck, like, three months ahead. So... I made a truck payment every month, but yeah. if I needed extra money to go on vacation or something, I just didn't make a truck payment because mm-hmm. it was already paid. It'd be really nice if I could do that. I don't have anything that I could pay ahead on. All it does is just credit just, cards. You can pay ahead on credit cards, Blaine. My credit cards, it'll it'll just count as like an extra payment, and I'll still have the payment next month. What I mean by that is you make double payments in a month. That's essentially paying it ahead. So you'll still have the minimum balance that yeah, you have to pay. Yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying. Which is normally like $35. For low balance credit yeah. cards, it's like $35. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like the, obviously, like I, I would put towards extra towards my cards that I owe on. So, But yeah, I wish. Well, and one of, one of the things that he preaches is if you say you have five credit cards and you have just in descending order 5000 4000 3000 2000 1000 each one has you know that amount our first instinct is well we pay the minimum on the lowest cards cuz those will get paid off just by paying the minimum but then we put extra towards the highest cards no you start with the lowest and then you snowball it yep yeah you always want to go for your lowest balance first because one, you're going to pay it off faster and not have to fuck with that interest. And two, once you get it paid off, you just roll that payment yes. into the next highest card. Hence the snowball. Yep, that's Dave, that's Dave Ramsey 101. Yeah, I've been told that many times. Mm-hmm. And that's my plan here coming up when finances start getting destroyed. You also need to eat at home more. That's another... That So I'm... I'm okay... When I move into Joe's, and so, so so is Miranda and the kids, mm-hmm. that's the plan. Like, we're going to have home-cooked meals all the fucking time because she is an awesome cook. I can't wait. You know what also would save you a lot of money? Not spending it. That. Not eating in the cafeteria <laughs> every day. Yeah. like and that, that I've goes, seen you bring your lunch. Oh, yeah. And that goes along with the whole yes. eating at home, like, leftovers. I see and A lot of people I know are anti-leftover. I'm not anti leftover. I just have a hard time remembering to get it out of the Honestly, refrigerator. Honestly, yeah, that, you know? that's that's a lot of that's why first I, world problems. I'll I'll get in this I'll get in this kick where uh, I'll I'll do it, and then slowly it starts fizzling and I yep. start forgetting, and then I'm like, well, fuck it, I'm I'm not gonna remember, so fuck it. Yeah, I'll just eat it. You know, it's the convenience thing. The cafeteria yes. is so convenient, but you look at. I forgot my wallet at home yesterday, so Joe bought my lunch yesterday. It adds up over the for week. For Joe and I, and neither one of us got a bunch of food, for Joe and I at the cafeteria, it was $17. So if you figure at 5 to $7 a day, 
for five to six days a week. For five to six days a week, you know, that's a couple hundred bucks a month. Oh, Miranda says she can pack my lunch. And see, that's part of the thing. Skylar packs my lunch. Yeah, it helps so much because if if my lunch is packed in the refrigerator and my lunchbox is on the counter, I won't forget it. But if anything is out of order, I will walk straight out the fucking door and not <laughs> yeah. remember it. You yes, know? exactly. It's why I forgot my wallet yesterday. My wallet wasn't in the hat that I put on that morning to leave for work. So I forgot my fucking wallet. Mm-hmm. So you're different than me. Like, you forget your wallet because you take it out. I don't take out my wallet for my pants because I'll also wear the same pants for five days, five days a week until or until like they're like just destroyed with dirt. If they get like super nasty, like at any moment right. i'll change them but uh i'll wear them all week and then i don't wear regular sw- clothes to work either i basically wear out. pajamas so i i wear the same clothes uh but you also have a good reason for not putting like keeping your wallet in your pants when you're sitting down and stuff it's your spine and all that mm-hmm. i should do that i should practice that i don't mostly because i don't want to forget my wallet anywhere well that's part of the reason <laughs> i bought the wallet that i did yeah because it's not super bad on my back but I've thought about it. Like, I like your wallet. I want that wallet. It's expensive. Yes, I know. Paid $80 for that wallet. I've looked into it. Trust me. <laughs> but that wallet's also lasted me four years. I've never had a wallet last me mm-hmm. more than about six months. Mm-hmm. So, and Trayvax is a good company. Yeah. Uh, this wallet's lasted me about two years now. I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, however, it destroys <laughs> the hell out of my cards. Mm-hmm. Like the, the strip just gets fucking bent all to hell. Well, now we, now we have to deal with the magnetic strip and the chips both going bad. Yes, because I haven't had a I haven't had a chip go bad. Every chip card I have, the chip has gone bad, and I've had to order new. Chips. Miranda's had her chips go bad, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I've yet to have that, but you know what me. I th- what I thought was great the tap to pay shit. Yeah, I thought that was great, but almost no one has it. No, I I mean. Phones have it. Now, a lot of phones have it nowadays. Yeah. So I, I do that to, at my vending, at the vending machines. Like when I'm really in a hurry, just running running off the line, in the, in the, which I can't really do anymore right. now that we have uh, the ascent running through our line. But uh, I used to like work so far ahead that I would just run down to the bathroom, right. get a pop, and run back up. <laughs> I'm responsible. Yes. I asked Keith... So we had that big that big spiel about uh, we had a big group meeting today, and there's a big spiel about we're we're all one one group one sealer one team, and <laughs> I asked him I was like so Keith one sealer you said one sealer one team or does that mean I'm gonna see you guys here this Saturday? What do you say? He says oh well you'll I'll be here. I'm like right on man. The rest of them won't be. Keith's Keith's a really nice guy. He is. He's he's a great dude. Uh, He's very by the book, but you know he's a good dude. He's a very he's a good dude. Uh, I will say for those watching in the live stream, for those interested, uh, we are going to talk some solo today. Maybe not right now. We'll get into solo here. We will get into it, and it will be full of spoilers. We're diving into it. Yeah, no I, mercy. I wanted to knock off some of our smaller topics before yes. we got to solo because Definitely. as bad of a mood as I am in, I'm excited to talk about solo uh, because I'll tell anybody that's listening, thanks for joining us, Nick. Yeah, Nick Max and Bruce the Dude, the Doom Room, we'd be plugs. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I think, you know, going along with who I am, the king of unpopular opinions, I'm one of the only people in America, I think, that fucking liked this movie. So. I know a lot of people that liked it. They're talking about, they're talking pretty good about it on Foodies Watching Movies. Outside of our network. Yeah, yeah. Mass people. A lot of people did not like this film. I've actually yet to see a bad review. I've seen a lot of bad reviews. Uh, I've. I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, it bombed in the box office. That's not a bad review. That's just a reflection of people going to see it. And it didn't even bomb. It it hit $100 before the weekend was over. Yeah, and that's not a bomb, but apparently it is because it projected so much. And fuck projections. Who cares? Well, part of the reason I'm excited to talk about Solo is I have a problem with Kathleen Kennedy and both of the Kazdans right now, so we'll get into that too. Okay. Okay, we, we are definitely going to warn before spoilers. Yep. No worries, Connor. We'll take care of you, Connor. So Connor has a... Connor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point you out here for a minute, Connor. Connor built a Star Wars bar in his house that is fucking badass. Nice. And he has a shit ton of Star Wars tattoos, and I'm jealous. Very Connor nice. fucking loves Star Wars. Uh, Connor, if you can, throw a picture up in the comments, and we'll, we'll blow it up on the live feed. Yeah. Or maybe not. I don't know. Will we? I mean, because people that are watching will see the comments, so we don't really need to. No. Yeah, throw that up in the comments, and other people can see it, and we can see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we got quite a bit of video game news. Yeah, we did. This week. Um, this is for Andy Fitzgerald. Hopefully, you're still watching. Uh, sea of Thieves got its uh, first major update of content. Um, they basically added a raid where you fight a giant megalodon shark, which is kind of cool, you know? That's awesome. But it, <laughs> I get to be Jason Statham. Yes. I, I, I want to see that fucking movie. <laughs> the Meg. It's like Deep Blue Sea, but cooler. Did you know they made a sequel to Deep Blue Sea? <laughs> yeah, they did. And I'm not going to watch it. Oh, I want to watch it. Oh, I, I loved the first movie, man. Is Samuel L. Jackson in this one, too? No, but some other people are. Yeah, he definitely died in the first one. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, he was one of those disappointing... Uh, like Lawrence Fishburne and... Yeah. Brian Brian Cranston. Cranston. Yeah, he was... A de- I mean, I don't know. He was definitely in it more than those guys. Yeah. He, he had more role in... It was it was far less disappointing than those two. It was still disappointing. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, we got some. Uh, we got I guess that news. I didn't know about that. Yeah, that that one's kind of not been talked about just because we're so close to E three and yeah, like Sea of Thieves has been kind of such such a disappointment yeah. overall. Um, there's lots of people that are playing the shit out of it, but it's just not getting talked about. Like this, is, it's crazy that all this news is coming out before E3. Like, I, I what's going to be left for E3? Well, that's the thing. I think I think uh, publishers have kind of set the trend the last couple years that, or not necessarily set the trend, but they've they've fallen in line with the idea that we as fans want news pretty much all the time. Yeah, we, we want to know where shit's at. We do, and. E3 is for big AAA games and shit that we we wouldn't expect, you know? And with all these game developers get throwing out these teasers and this little shit, it just makes us that much more hyped for E3. Especially, you know, approaching the end of both console generations. Yeah. Uh, 
it's hard telling where we'll go next. There's so many rumors, you know, between Xbox and Sony. The Switch is still performing fantastic. Which I now have a reason to get the Switch. I had a reason before, but, you know, we're going to talk about that here in just a second. Um, it just, everything that's going on right now makes me so hyped for E3, especially because normally, you know, there's either Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo. One of the three kind of steals the show as far as the console side goes. And then there's one game developer that just blows everybody else out of the water and I think this year it's going to be Bethesda. They've already announced Rage 2. They gave us uh, the teaser of Fallout 76, which we're going to play on the show here in just a minute. Um, there's just so much shit going on with Bethesda. You know, they've got the Game of Thrones game that you might, may or may not see. Uh, Starfield is, is uh, an IP that they've created that we don't know anything about, that... There's so many rumors fluctuating around. You have no idea what, <clears throat> no idea what's true and what's not true. Do you think we'll get more, uh, more on Death Stranding and still not know a damn thing about it? I think that we are <laughs> finally going to see gameplay of Death Stranding this year and still not know a damn and thing. And still about not it. know a fucking thing. <laughs> fucking Kojima, man. All right, I guess we're not going to get a picture of the bar, but that's all right. We'll put all. Uh, I'll share it on the podcast if you pay yes. so everybody can see it. Shoutouts galore. Because Connor built a badass bar, and everyone should see that. But, yeah, before before we get too far tangented, let's play this Fallout 76 trailer, right. and, then, and then go to the bigger of the two announcements that we've gotten today, I think. So here we go with Fallout 76. Here we go. And we're going to try to comment the best we can yeah. during, because now we have a room mic. Yeah. Picking all of this up. Yeah, get us some volume there. I, I love tube radios. Hell yeah. I like tube anything. I mean, I'm an amp guy, so. Right. Tube amps. Fuck yeah. Who is song? Virginia. Hey, you sang this on the show once. Yep, I sang it to you all the time. Oh yeah, you used to. You don't anymore. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. This is an interesting version of its song, too. Yeah, it's it's a cool cover. I've always really loved the 50s style, 50s, 60s style of uh, all the fallouts. Yes. So what's interesting... Why does that sound like Ron Perlman? Because I think it is Ron Perlman. Awesome. But uh, what, what's cool about this, and what's also worrying me at the same time, um, Fallout 76, the date... You see some dates throughout the the preview, or the teaser. Um, it, technically, this will be the earliest Fallout game in the series as far as timeline. This is like 20 years after the war takes place. Okay. Um, Fallout 76 is a control vault. So in all of the vaults, experiments were done. I think there was 75 vaults total 
out of all the vaults in the United States that they just had people in just to survive. They were the control, and all the rest of them were experiments. Okay. So Fallout 76, there's 500 people in the vault, and you see throughout the teaser that, you know, Reclamation Day, and uh, if you look at their uh, webpage, it says Reclaim the Wasteland, and there, there's a lot of other shit. Uh, what's kind of unsettling is everything that I've read since I saw this this morning is this is going to be a multiplayer multiplayer online survival game like Rust or uh, Daisy or Seven Days to Die. And I could probably get in on that. Yeah, especially but, if it's Fallout. Man, I don't. You, I, you don't really like those style of games, do you? No, I I do. I well, have enjoyed are you them. Sick of them? I'm kind of sick of okay. them. Trying to pick your brain here, see where it's I, going. I, I played Seven Days to Die a lot, and I really enjoyed it, because if you're playing with other people, it gets really fun. But I, Bethesda is so good at making giant, immersive, open worlds, and they don't make multiplayer games. Not everything has to be multiplayer. No. Give us another Fallout game, not a multiplayer online survival game. That, that's the thing that Fall hasn't done yet. I mean, they did it with Elder Scrolls, and it was mildly successful. It's at that that Elder Scrolls Online is actually pretty successful, but Bethesda Bethesda just contracted that out. Zenimax did that. Ah, I'm pretty sure makes sense. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see more uh, of what Fallout 76 is going to be. I'm worried on what I've heard it's going to be. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see how it turns out. Because it's Fallout. you got to love Fallout. Yes. I hated the last game. I hated Fallout 4. But Mike and I were talking this morning, and he said the DLC is so much better than the regular game itself. And I've heard from Brandon that it's not really that different. So I'm going to try and catch it on a flash sale, go back and play through the DLC, because it, it's mildly interesting to me. Um but they've they've improved Fallout so much from what it started as. You know, it was yeah. a it was an isometric, top down, you know, just kind of roamer, and they made it into this super franchise that's got merchandise and you know all kind. I mean, you can't see the Vault Boy and not know what it is. Yeah. You know, Travis, former guest on the show and one of my best friends, has a Vault Boy tattoo. So you can't see Vault Boy and not know what the fuck it's going on, or uh, hear Ron Perlman say "War, War never changes." You know right away what he's talking about. So I think it looks cool. Still mildly worried about it. But the next one that we're gonna play is the I think the big one, uh, definitely of the last couple weeks, and this just drives home the reason for you and I to buy a Switch. So here we go with uh, some Nintendo stuff. Yeah, you know what that is. How awesome is it that Game Freak is still a thing? Right. After all these years, Game Freak is still making Pokemon games.
See, this is what I'm not super stoked about, but, you know, I'll, I'll put up with it. I'm sure you don't have to do it like this. I'm sure you have a workaround. There might be, there might not be. I because, mean, because what about when you're not docked? You're yeah. not going to be doing that with a Joy-Con when it's not docked. Yeah, yeah. We'll see, though. I mean... I think the multiplayer aspect is cool. Yes. I, will, I, I am curious as how they're going to go about the multiplayer aspect, because it just appears in this video that they just take the other Joy-Con... So like, is it just gonna be like, like what? How are couch gonna... co-op? You're saying? Okay. Like, is somebody else gonna have their switch with them for it, or are they gonna? Because it didn't. It appeared like they just used the other Joy-Con of the same exact yeah console. I think this uh, Pokeball Joy-Con controller thing actually looks really cool. Yeah, it does. And it connects to Pokemon Go. Which is cool. Which, you know, we all saw that coming. Yes, I mean, it's it's straight up using the same exact catching from Pokemon Go. Yep. Which I already have a pretty decent Pokemon Go, if I say so myself. So, I, would, I would have to revive mine. I don't know what the hell, where it's at. I'm pretty happy with mine. <laughs> oh, this is sweet. Uh, no, Dad, we're going to try the jalapeno beer next week. Oh, sweet. So the way it looks, you bring you bring the Pokemon you've already caught into a park, and then you catch them from there. Which they've done that kind of in previous games with... Uh, by they, You can transfer games Pokemon from previous games yep. and bring it into the next generation, but in order to get those Pokemon, you have to go catch them in a certain area. And that, right. That's actually pretty cool. So... Um, all of this being said, uh, after watching this, oh, there's more. You'll need a special Pokemon. Interesting. Um, so with all that being said, watching that and knowing what's coming, what are you going to go with? Pikachu or Eevee? Pikachu for sure. Really? I will do Eevee if I can get Umbreon in this game. You can't. Then I will get Pikachu. Now you're thinking about it, and you're like, oh, now I gotta get Eevee. No, I'm getting Pikachu. Because I know how much how against me you are. I already called dibs on it, so... It's not me against you. It's my OCD. I can't have The same things. thing. Um, Connor in the chat says, I still have my Game Boy with Pokemon Red game. Yeah, I still have my original Game Boy Color, the kind of purple see-through one. That's the one I had. That's the one. And my first game was, what was your first game? Pokemon Yellow. I, I can't high-five you. I'll fist bump you. Thanks. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, was, that was my first Game Boy game on that. I had one of the original Game Boys, the Big Great Brick, mm -hmm. that was given to me, and I had like Tetris and Wario and all kinds of shit on that. But the first one, um, I got it for my birthday. I got that Game Boy and Pokemon Yellow. And I, I th I'm pretty sure I've told this story before, but my save got corrupted when I was almost to the Elite Four. Oh, shit. And I lost everything and had to start over. I cried for like three fucking days. 
Oh my god. My first my first playthrough of Yellow. Uh, I didn't really know anything about the game. I just knew badges. I didn't know about the Elite Four. Mm-hmm. So like after a certain point uh, and not really even getting, I don't even think I got very far past uh, uh, Vermilion City. So Lieutenant Surge. Yeah. I didn't get far past him before I just started. Like I didn't know where to go, so I just kept trying to uh, like raise my Pokemon. So, like, I got him super fucking high level before I even got to the next gym. Like, I had, like, a level 82 Pidgeot. Jesus Christ. Before I even got to, like, Sabrina. <laughs> Which was ridiculous. Because I really wanted to build Pidgeot up. Pidgeot was, like, my favorite Pokemon back then. And, uh, yeah. Mine, uh, was, mine the, was Charmeleon. We got the Podfather. He's here to bless this glorious podcastrophe. Thanks, Nate Phillips. Thanks. Uh, share us around, Share Nate. us around. We need it. And stuff. And stuff. Yeah, I went yellow, uh, blue, red, silver, crystal, gold. Crystal is still my favorite one of all time. Crystal was a lot of fun. My, I went yellow and I got yellow and silver at the same time. Oh, so you fucking came in late. I did. Uh, my first Pokemon experience was Andy. Uh, he was playing Gold version. Uh, right around the time uh, Pokemon the third movie came out with Entei and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So, like, my first... my I mean, it wasn't my first Pokemon experience, but it was, like, the video games. Right. So he was playing Pokemon Gold, and I was watching him, and he was already very far into the game. Uh, and so I got... I got my Game Boy Color with, game, with Pokemon Yellow and Pokemon Silver. I started with Silver. I got basically... until uh, the Sudowoodo... Didn't know what the fuck to do, so I went over to Yellow, and that's where my cousin and I like tag teamed it one night uh, on Pokemon Stadium. Hell yeah! The the Game Boy feature on Pokemon Stadium, and we we're it was literally it was New Year's. Uh, New Year's I was in fourth grade, so that would have been two thousand, like leading into two thousand. Um, no, 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 two thousand one. 2000 to 2001. I was in fourth grade in 2001. Yes. I was in fifth grade in 2001. The second half of 2001. Yes. Uh, math. Uh, so that New Year's, we just jammed the hell out of Pokemon Yellow on that Game Boy and Pokemon Stadium. And <laughs> we were up until, like, 10-year-old kids up until 4 in the morning playing hell Pokemon yeah. Yellow. That's how you do it. And... Man, we we fucking rocked that thing. Yep. Andy, Andy Fitzgerald says we used to play during recess in grade school when Blue Red was released in the U.S. Yep, we did. Uh, we did the same thing. I was the cool kid because I had yellow and everybody else had red and blue. God, that's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> My first Pokemon experience. I didn't even watch the show. I got cards. Yo, I watched the show. I had all the cards. I did. I had it all. Uh, that's a funny story. So we're on the playground at recess. I'm in first grade, and I happen to come across a little Ziploc bag, and in it are five uh, fire energy cards. That's it. Nothing special. But at the time, I was like, "Oh, this is fucking cool." So I like, I would like stare at them. Did you, did you have Pokemon cards? Of course you had Pokemon cards. We all had Pokemon cards. I just said that. Focused on myself. I'm sorry. Um, So I would just 
so do you remember just like staring at the cards and like obsessing over them and like every little detail, mm-hmm. including the attacks and like the words and right, ev- just every little detail. I would I would scour over that thing with my eyes, uh, and I think that same day, I made my first Pokemon card trade. Ooh, and it was actually a really fucking good one. I got a Dratini from those five cards. Like what? I didn't even know who the fuck Dratini was. But you got it. Yeah. Pretty sure my first trade was a Ponyta for, like, a Bulbasaur and, like, a Pikachu and something else, like a Lickitung mm-hmm. for a fucking Ponyta. I traded something. I was fucking wheeling and dealing back in the day. I think I traded that Dratini for a Kakuna. What a fucking Dude, nerd. I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah, I was. it was stupid. But I got the start. I eventually got the original starter pack, which had a holographic Machamp, mm-hmm. first edition. And I had a friend on my school bus that was willing. He was getting ready to move, uh, so and he was he was. I guess he was falling out of like who falls out of things at that age, like and like admits it. Like right. normally, it just naturally happens. You forget about things and move on to the next thing. But no, he was like, "Yeah, I'm getting pretty. I'm moving on from this." <laughs> <laughs> at first grade uh i can't even remember his name but if, if i if I, I could find him in my yearbook if i ha- if i got that thing out but uh he's he had a he had a mewtwo Ooh, yeah the holographic mewtwo he was willing to trade me the machamp for the mewtwo looking back i'm like what a fucking idiot back then i was i was like oh yeah cool like i'll try like we didn't i didn't understand like the rarity of cards i just or i just understood what i thought was cool and then what other people thought they thought was cool right so like to me machamp was cool but mewtwo was cooler so i wanted it and he for whatever reason he thought mewtwo or machamp was cooler than mewtwo so yeah later i find out mewtwo is like the biggest bamf of the fucking pokemon universe Mm -hmm. to this day still is uh, <laughs> Mew challenges him. I'm talking like actual like stat wise and all that in the games. Mewtwo has like the highest special attack of any Pokemon in the game. I don't know. I I one shot at everything with Mew and Mewtwo. So <laughs> I remember I would tank I would tank Mewtwo like nonstop just psychic, 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 recover, psychic. Until I got to uh, the Elite Four and Silver, had to face Karen, who had the fucking Umbreon. What a bitch. <laughs> that, and that was when I discovered how badass Umbreon was. Uh, Connor Mitten says, Pokemon fell off the map after Gold, Silver, and Crystal, or I just got old. Either one. I think you got old because Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald were fucking amazing. I never played them because it fell off the map. <laughs> You should have played those. Those games were awesome. I didn't have a Game Boy Advance or SP. I didn't either. I had to borrow my little brothers. You're pathetic. Uh, their dad got them everything. <laughs> I eventually got my own. My mom got me an, a Game Boy Advance SP. So like a little miniature. I'm not even going to say a miniature laptop. Like a miniature portable DVD player. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> that's what it was, essentially. Ah. What's next on our topic list? Because um, if we keep talking about Pokemon, I'm going to get sucked in. Honestly, I had I had Solo next, but we don't have to talk about it yet. Um, 
We could go. We could dive a little into music. Sure. Uh, I found a band recently, uh, and they're they don't have anything new out. However, uh, I do enjoy them. <laughs> I started Conway t- Twitty. <laughs> no, it's not Conway Twitty. I just suck at typing. Ah, there it is. They're a band called Conquer Divide, and it it is literally um, an all uh, all female band. Two singers, one screams, one sings. The rest just play the instruments, you know, like a band. And uh, this is this is a song that really got me into them. But they're they're really good. I I, I found them because I was watching a plugin video, pl- like explaining a plugin from uh, Joey Sturgis Tones. Joey Sturgis being a producer, he did Asking Alexandria of Mice and Men and a bunch of other bands like that. Uh, apparently, he did this band too. Uh, I really enjoy it. So this is Conquer Divide. Uh, the song is called Eyes Wide Shut. This is just, I think the video itself is something a fan put together. Miranda mentioned that she kind of sounds like Haley Williams. From, a little bit. Uh, Paramore. Jacob mentioned to me, because I mentioned this band to him yesterday, I think, or the day before. And he's like, I thought you said that band had all, all chicks. I'm like, it does. He goes, that mean that screaming is a chick? I'm like, yeah, dude. Well, you know I'm already a fan. Yeah. It's on I, Spotify. I have a fucking hard on for female vocals, so <laughs> I have boners for girls. <laughs> I do, I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, this is all on Spotify if you want to check it out. The CD is actually pretty good. I dug it. I listened to it a few times over the weekend. For when I when I first heard them uh, it was, in the video I was watching, he was explaining the, how the plugin works, and I use that plugin on everything I do, mixing wise. And uh, he was just having them. He had them in the studio recording their vocals, and he's just like, "All right, now." We're gonna do see it show you how this works on screaming vocals. Alright, now here's how it works on singing vocals, and then they dialed it in with it and all that. It's a cool video. I, I nerd out over plug-in videos and tutorials like that. I like that she's wearing a fanny pack. Yes.
Yeah, I really dig this. Awesome. The vocals and the screams are very similar to uh, that Alina Sigmund that I sent you yeah, a couple months yeah, ago. Yeah, they are. Which is kind of sad because she got popular because of Call of Duty Black Ops. Gross. All of her, uh, or a lot of her music is Easter eggs that you find in the zombie maps. You got to nice. do stuff to play her songs. But yeah, I really, I really dig that. I'll have to check them out. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad you like it. Uh, yeah, I, I dig them a lot. I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I can show you music and you, you enjoy it. Uh, Almost immediately. I, I really like it when I show someone a band and they dig it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, shall we? Shall we dive into solo? We can go into solo. Uh, at if you're if you're listening on uh, if you're a frequent listener to other shows on the network, uh, Nate Phillips of Journey into Comics, he dove he went solo on solo this Monday this past Monday, and uh, uh, he 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 basically broke down the whole movie. Uh, it was just him though, so not a lot of discussion. We can have that. Yes, and we can do that today. So for Be- before we get into breaking it down, what's your score out of ten? I'd give it a seven. Give it a seven and a half. Yeah, I'll go with seven and a half. You know, I'll go with seven and a half. I th- I think this I think this movie production wise, the cinematography is good. Uh, the writing's not bad. You know. It, the actors are a lot better than I thought they were going to be. I thought Alden Ehrenreich was going to be terrible as Han, yeah. Yeah. and he actually was not. I was very impressed. Um, maybe a little bit over the top and kind of campy at times, but yeah. um, he definitely nailed Harrison Ford, kind of his mannerisms and you know his cadence. And mm-hmm. I, it's totally believable that he's a young Harrison Ford. So how can you complain about that? I agree. I enjoyed him after it took me a minute to, you know, get into him. I would say uh it took me a minute to get into the story that was happening, that was mm-hmm. unfolding. Uh I think it was a lot of the earlier reviews where it said uh it's a slow start but once it picks up it picks up. Uh I I completely agree. Yes. Yes. I I see now I actually didn't think it started too slow. Um I, I think everything fit very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of dialogue, and then some shit goes down. And I, I I'll repeat this when we get into spoilers, but some shit goes down, and then it's like, oh, okay, shit's gonna get serious now. And then it just keeps carrying on throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Every situation that that he encounters escalates. To more and more serious throughout the throughout the movie, so I I don't think it started too slow. I think it, everything was just kind of just right. Obviously, I'm not going to make a bold statement like I did last week and say that this is this that this is the best film I've seen in the last twelve months. No, like I did last week, and I still I still believe that. So, uh, this movie, yeah, like you said, by far not one of my favorite movies from the last year, uh, but. I think I it's one of the better Star Wars movies. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's one of the best. I will put it. No, I don't know. I don't. 
I don't know if I should put it above Last Jedi or not. It's not better than The Last Jedi. Okay. It's not. But how many Star Wars movies are there, Blaine? Upwards of nine. There's nine, ten. There's now ten. Yeah. Ten total Star Wars movies. This film is just as good as Rogue One. It is not worse. It is not better. It is just as good as Rogue One. How- you want to talk about a movie starting slow? Watch Rogue One. Oh, that movie didn't start slow. Fuck that if would- it didn't. Uh- Okay. I looked over at Skyler. I looked over though, at Skyler ten minutes into the film, and I said, "Why did we come see this? Action this wise, movie yes. is fucking terrible." Action wise, yes, it starts off slow, but the pacing—it's jumping from planet to planet. To that planet. is not good. That is they, not they, good. They had that is not very, good filmmaking. They had a very okay in terms of the, like the timing, like what's going on in the movie. They had a very short time to introduce several characters and events that were going on to bring them together real quick for the story of the movie. All of that stuff was happening so quickly and like within days of each other. You didn't, that scene where Captain whatever, whatever the fuck his name is, kills that guy and runs away from the stormtroopers didn't need to be shown. You didn't need that to introduce his character. The scene where Jalen gets uh, fucking captured and then the rebels are interrogating her. That's the first time you needed to see him. You didn't need to see him before that. You didn't need to show him kill somebody to make him look like a douchebag. He does that well enough on his own. Yeah, but I don't know. Everything stu- about that movie was necessary to me. I, I, And I honestly think Rogue One was better than Solo. I don't think it was. I think it was on par with... I, I think I think I think that is 100% apples to apples and they are equal in in how they end up on definitely on my enjoyment level because like I said you know it, it's about the experience and everything for me I did not look or lean over to my dad 10 minutes into solo and say this movie fucking sucks I did that with Rogue One I didn't do it with Solo yeah and I went in with lower expectations for solo than I did for Rogue One. So that might play a, a little part in it. But anyway, if you look at there's a lot of people that still look at Rotten Tomatoes to decide whether or not they're gonna watch a movie. Uh Solo is sitting at 71. The yeah. last time I looked, 71% fresh. So that's um, about where we're sitting. Uh, so that's about where we're sitting in terms of like our rating. Yep. We're, we're at seven, seven and a half, so mm-hmm. that's about 70%. Uh, the Phantom Menace is the lowest in the franchise at Which 55%. Which is stupid. Attack of the Clones is way worse. Yes. Way um, worse. So the Phantom Menace is at 55. I think, um, I think Attack of the Clones is at 70. I think the last time I looked, Revenge of the Sith was sitting at 77 uh, Rogue One was right around the high 70s, low 80s, and then obviously everything else is golden. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's a good fucking movie. Go watch it. It is. It, honestly, yeah, it, it is. It's worth a watch, and, you know, it it connects dots. It, it fills in. It, it There's so much fan service in this film. Oh, yeah, and, you know... You it, will fucking blow your load by the end of the it movie. It kicks your ass with fucking fan service. 
Definitely. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my rating of Deadpool two. It's as good. Um, okay, Rogue One is as good as Solo, or or better. I think Rogue One's better. That's my opinion. However, I do think Solo could be. It, it it goes back and forth between as good or just slightly worse. Okay. However, I enjoyed the ever living hell out of Solo. It was a fun movie. It was a fun movie, and I enjoyed it. I think that's the best way to describe Solo, is it's fun. Oh, we got disconnected from our live stream, so hopefully that pops back up here soon. But yeah, uh, Solo. So. Oh, we're back up. Cool. Um, shall we dive into spoilers? Well, I want to say one thing before we dive into spoilers. Everything that I'd read... Uh, so, the controversy leading up to Solo. Alden Ehrenreich can't act. The best acting coaches in the industry can't help this kid. He's terrible. The directors are having a hard time with everybody. They screen the film. Kathleen Kennedy and the... Uh, I'm just going to say the board at Lucasfilm and Disney say, this is the worst film we've ever seen. It is totally unwatchable. What the fuck have you done? So they fire the directors, bring in Ron Howard. He reshoots the entire movie. The original budget for this film was right around $150 million. By the time it was all said and done, right around $300 million because they reshot 99% of the movie. 80. <laughs> They say they shot, reshot above 80% of the film. Saying above 80% means we reshot 100% of the film and we're just going to put 80 in the in the the headline so people don't feel that bad about it. So they reshot the entire movie. 80 still basically the entire movie. Yes. The entire movie <laughs> and ended up right around 300 million. Excuse me. And they're complaining about a hundred million opening weekend. Yes. So they made one third of their budget back in three days. Hundred million box office bomb. Right. Fuck off. Um, also, everything that I had read going into the film was that Danny Glover stole the show, or Donald Glover. Danny Glover. I said I I do that almost every time that Donald Glover stole the show. I do not think so. No. I actually think he was one of the weaker characters in the film. I completely agree. So. I'm glad we're on this. I'm glad we are on the same page of that. Because somebody else completely disagreed. I think it was Austin Hill. Okay. Uh, it was Austin. And, uh, it was, I think, all of them. But they were completely blasted when they when we all. Right. Because we all went and saw it together. Uh, my Instagram got blew the fuck up with likes because of uh, the image I shared um, of us going. And. Uh, they were we just got done drinking like seven hundred dollars worth of beer in just four bottles right so they were they were blasted they gave me like little baby samples because i did not want to be blasted I so you were the only coherent one yes uh i think zach zach davidson was too but uh yeah so we went in they were they were feeling pretty good i wouldn't say they were blasted but might as well have been right uh and yeah, they, they completely disagree with me about um, Donald Glover. I mean, don't get me wrong, I loved his performance. 
Yeah, his he, performance was very well did, done. He did Lando Calrissian fucking perfect. When fucking we get perfect. when we get to the end of uh our solo talk, that's when I'm gonna talk about Kathleen Kennedy. And part of that is pertaining to Lando. So yes. uh so yeah. Donald Glover, hats off to you. You did an awesome Lando Calrissian. He did well, and if you look at images of uh, Billy D. Williams mm-hmm. as Lando and like still shots of original Lando and Donald Glover as Lando, the way that they smile, you know, the way that they hold their head in poses. Donald Glover did a very he good had job it. He had becoming it. Lando Calrissian. So, um, I wanted more. See, I I didn't because just because I feel that he was one of the weaker characters. But and if we had more, maybe he was he wouldn't have been so weak. But if we would have had more, it wouldn't have been Solo. It would have been true. Lando. True. So he was definitely one of the weaker characters, and that was a disappointment because I not it wasn't to me because I didn't go to see Lando. I came, I went to see Han. You're right. You're right. Uh. But given everybody saying, oh, Lando steals the show, oh, Lando, once Lando comes in, like, the movie changes, and it's so amazing. Nah. It's like, no, it stayed just as good. Yep, I don't, I don't think it improved or fell off at all with Lando um, arriving. I, to be honest, I think Chewie was the strongest character in the film. Yeah. Not physically, but as far as his presence. <laughs> yes. Um. And now, for Connor and anyone else that hasn't seen Solo, spoiler time. So, here in about five seconds, we're going to talk about spoilers. Yeah. So, if you're watching the live feed, you're going to need to fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Actually, don't leave, but, like, mute it for, like, half an hour and then come back. So... All right, spoiler time. Uh, Chewie, best character in the best character in the film. Uh, I thought Kira was okay. I liked um, what's her tits, who I've seen her tits, uh, who my dad actually met in a bar in fucking Minnesota. I think he said she was really cool. Uh, Amelia Clark. Yes, met her at a bar in fucking Minnesota or something. That's awesome. He said she was really cool, and uh, my dad was sitting next to her at the bar talking to her. And he said people were coming up and taking pictures of her. And she was like, "Uh." my dad had no fucking idea who she was. (laughs) So anyway, tangent. Um, Opening sequence. How did you feel about the origins of Lando? Or not Lando, of of Solo. Of Solo, specifically the word Solo. I did not like how his his name became just given to him. I liked it. It wasn't born. Because I liked it because it just, it it fits with the theme of who he is. You know, and I'm going to quote Terminator here. There's no fate other than the one that you make. Han is a self-made man. Yeah. Okay. I don't have any other name besides Han. My name is Han. And then the guy says Solo, and he's like, hmm. Han Solo. I can make that me. People will remember that. Yeah. Because on Corellia, no one gave a fuck about him except Kira. Yeah. So that scene where they take him in front of the the fucking Lady Proxima. Lady Proxima, thank you. Um 
and he gets beat the fuck up. And he says, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be hit anymore. I don't like that. If someone hits me, I'm going to hit them back. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> I I fell in love with the film the moment that line came out of Alden Reich's mouth. Because Solo, Solo is supposed to represent the regular guy. The regular gay. <laughs> you are, it's about defying, defy, defy, defy. Be unique, be individual, be who you are, and don't let anybody fucking tell you different. And that's why I like Han as a character so much. Because he's not a Jedi. He's not facing down entire empires with a laser sword. He's 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 a self-made man. He's doing his own fucking shit. Nice callback to Last Jedi, right Thank you. there. Um, but yeah, I, I I really got into the film the moment that scene started. Yeah, it was a bit it was a bit long of a chase scene that followed that. I will agree that chase that that see that's one of the things. And it's that not it's not that it was it boring. May, it, it may have been too long, like time wise. But it seemed longer because the speeder was not. They did the way they portrayed everything going was not very fast. They were not going very fast. I mean, they could have been actually physically going faster, but just like the way it was shot, it yes. did not seem very fast at all. So this is. I, I, <laughs> it seemed like they were like in in comparison of if two golf carts were chasing each yes. other on a golf course. So this is one of the reasons <laughs> that I compare Solo so closely to Rogue One because. Excuse me again. Although I did not lean over and say this movie fucking sucks 10 minutes in, that chase scene and then some of the scenes that we got at the beginning of Rogue One were almost entirely unnecessary just because of how long they were. Yes. Um, Cassian Candor is the captain's name that I was trying to yeah. remember. That whole scene with Cassian did not need to be as long as it was. You could have just shown him shooting the guy and then running away. Done. Over with. Or not shown that at all. The chase scene, totally agree with you, could have been a fraction of the of the length that it was, and I totally agree with. That was one of the, that was one of the few um, angles or cinematography complaints that I had is that that scene was not shot very well, especially when they get the speeder wedged in yeah. that door. That that part of the scene was obviously it's foreshadowing and it's very important because. Han and Chewie do that shit in the Falcon a lot. Yes, um, yes. But as it's as it's sliding through the alley and coming to a halt, that is so fucking long. Oh, we're almost there. Nope, still going. Uh we're there. <laughs> it's the it's the classic like we're gonna make it through it, and then friction does its thing, right? And they they slow down, but they get through all the way. Still stuck, but all the way. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, so they get into uh, the spaceport, and they're they're getting they they have a way of bribing their way through. Basically, hyperdrive fuel. Yes. Uh, what's it called? Coax coaxium. Yeah, and which is something I don't know if that was already in the. I know a lot about Star Wars, and I don't remember. Well, well, that's a little tiny detail, like the name of like, like uh, the only other. Th there's very few other things like uh, cortosis, mm -hmm. like little elements or materials used with throughout the universe. Uh, coaxium, I've never heard of, but I don't know if it was already part of the universe or not, or if they just made it up for this movie. Could have, 
Um, it, I, it could go either way. But they're they're like, yeah, we gotta go back to years if uh, you just let us through. Millie Clark doesn't sound like that. No, neither does Han. And uh, maybe a little I th- bit. I think I think people know that, but maybe not for this for this instance. That's, that's how it's gonna sound. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, oh. Yes. Oh, yes, we're, yes, we're going yes, to we're get, gonna get to that at, right after Solo. We're talking Solo right now. Uh, we're going to get there. Uh, I, I definitely wanted to make sure I brought that up. Thanks for reminding me, Calvin. That's why we're friends now. You guys are friends now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, I called it immediately that Han was going to be the only one to make it through. I didn't call it. Well, I didn't really try to call anything. I just, I, uh, this is a movie that I, I had no idea what I was getting. Uh, I had no idea what was coming. So I went into this movie not trying to call anything out. Okay. And so when things happened, I was like, whoa. Okay. Let's see what happens next. So uh, Han and Amelia Clark's, Amelia Clark's character, Kira, get separated. Um, and to escape uh, the thugs that are trying to come after Han, Han uh, enlists in the Imperial Navy. Mm-hmm. Which is a nod to some of the comics that are now not canon. Correct. Well, if you, and I, I tried to find it for Brandon and I once. I have a book of every major Star Wars character ever mm-hmm. from their birth all the way to their death. And it goes all the way up to like the, the Yuzan Vong invasion. Ooh, shit. So this was a big, thick, fucking badass book. And it, now none of it is canon. Now none of it is canon. <laughs> well, some of it is canon. Some of it, yeah. But, um, but it talked about Han and Dash Rendar, both being from Corellia. Han was a fucking rat and dash was from a wealthy family family they both ended up at the imperial navy and that's how they met okay they both get kicked out of the imperial navy so they kept they kept that that part of it correct um except he didn't get kicked out he just straight up left in this movie no he got kicked out yes he got kicked out of oh, the imperial navy in the imperial navy and he ended up he got a ground trooper yes he got kicked out from the imperial navy for having a mind of his own that's yeah, his line yeah, you're right and then got forced to uh, become an infantryman, uh, a mud trooper, as they called it. I actually liked it. It was very World War I uh, Germany-esque. Mm-hmm. Which there's all, there's all kinds of Nazi Right, that's what the, that's what the storm... The Empire well, World War One Germany aren't... Well, stormtroopers aren't Nazi. That's World War I. That's Imperial yeah, you're Germany. Right. You're right. That's where the term came from. Awesome. Uh, and, you know, you, you get that feel. Mm-hmm. You get that feel with the the uh, not only just like the aesthetic of their uniform uh, and just the scenes that we saw. I liked uh, while we're talking about stormtroopers. I liked the alternate stormtrooper costumes that we got. It's stuff that we've never seen uh, in the beginning chase scene when we see that stormtrooper jump on his speeder bike and try and chase Han and the thugs down. That's something that we've never seen before. That's mm-hmm. totally unique. That looked cool. Han and all of the other mud troopers, I'm going to call them, that that was totally unique. We've never seen anything like that um, in the franchise. And uh, that's when we get introduced to Woody Harrelson's character. Yeah. Han is on a planet fighting a war that he doesn't believe in, constantly questioning it. And you get this scene of Woody Harrelson just one-man armying it, fighting you know all kinds of people, dual blasters, very Mm Western-esque. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that I think Lando was one of the weaker characters, 
Chewie was the strongest character. I would put Woody Harrelson's character as the as the second strongest. And unfortunately, um, we won't be getting any more of Woody Harrelson's character. But I would have liked to have seen more down more, the road. More Beckett. Mm-hmm. And they, they easily could have because, and we're going to get into that. Right. We are going to get into that. I just, I got to say it when it comes in my brain or I'll forget it. I get you. So uh, Han basically tries to blackmail Beckett and Beckett outsmarts him and Han ends up in a death pit. Yes. Supposedly going to be eaten by some monster. Yes. And just like you, I thought, okay, it's it's not going to be a rancor because the pit. I thought it was going to be a rancor. Well, the pit's not big enough. Rancors are a different, they have different sizes, but they're mm. typically ginormous. Right. They're dinosaur-sized creatures. Yes. So I thought, okay, is it going to be um, like the, the lion-type creature, which I, I used to remember the name of, and I can't remember off the top of my head, from uh, Attack of the Clones when they're in the arena? Yeah. You know, you've got the lion, the spider, and then the rhino. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be uh, one of those lion-type creatures? Is it going to be one of those spider-type creatures? Um, and out from the muck and the grime comes a Wookiee. Yes, a very, like, muddy fucking... Pissed gr- off. Grimy, pissed off. Not just any Wookiee. Oh, no. We've the been Wookiee int- himself. The Wookiee. The, the OG Wookiee, Mr. Chewbacca, who we have seen across three movies, four movies, Plus Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. He was in Revenge of the Sith on mm-hmm. Kashyyyk. Well, six movies. Last Jedi. Oh, yeah, he was in Last Jedi. Force Awakens, the original three, mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith, and Solo. Mm-hmm. So, out of the ten movies, almost every one. Yeah. Synonymous with the Falcon. One of the most important characters in the franchise. And I love, this is one of my favorite parts of the film, I love how they introduce Chewie to Han. Mm -hmm. Chewie's going to fucking kill him and eat him alive. Yes. (laughs) Well, eat him alive and kill him. I fucked that up. But he's going to kill him. He's going to do bad things to him. Bad things. Probably sexual. Show me on this doll where he touched you. I mean, to be honest, we don't know how long Chewie was down there. No. He, he hadn't have, been fed for like three days. He could have urges. Yeah. And Han was there. So And it, he had nice hair. Had had Han not been smart and not not gotten his way, Chewie would have had his way. Mm. <laughs> so uh Han saves his own life by speaking a little bit of Wookiee that yeah, he picked up. Which is hilarious because all he's just doing is just his his best Chewbacca impression. <laughs> Like, which we've all tried to do. I can't do for the life of no, me. I'm that's probably even, the best one I've ever done. That's way better than I could do. I well, and his was like gurgly. It was like... <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious because he's, he's, doing, he's doing what every fan of the Star Wars series right. has tried to do at some point. Yep. And Chewie, under, Chewie just stops. <laughs> and and then they, they team up while do you still like, fighting. Do you like how we still didn't get subtitles for che- for Chewie. Yes. I think that is one of the the reasons that I have liked Chewie's character and I've I've had so much respect for the people portraying Chewie. No one ever fucking knows what he's saying. Yeah, except for the people in the script. Right. The the, the people uh in the universe. Right. 
But it doesn't matter. We don't need we don't no, need it's, it's subtitles for two. It's a physical performance. Yes. It's a physical and audible performance. Yep. Uh, which is really awesome. Yep. Um, so Han and Chewie escape, end up. Uh, but l- let me let me say this: there is no mention of a life debt, which a lot of people have always speculated that Chewie is with Han because he owes him a life debt, which is well, a, which is a very common thing throughout the Star Wars universe. It's not mentioned, but it's it's, it's implied. It's implied, and it's it's definitely somewhat. Impl- I mean, you could kind of imply it with the fact that Han got him out of there. Yeah, even though they they work together to get out of that pit, one they work together. Chewie would have not gotten out of there if it wasn't for. Oh yeah, for sure. But so one they work together to get out of there. Two, they are working together to get enough money so that Han can do his thing and Chewie can go do his thing. Yep. So there's Chewie wants to leave and free uh, the other Wookies from his clan, mm-hmm. and there's a really powerful uh, bit of dialogue when they when they're talking to Beckett. Yes. Um, so Han and Chewie escape, meet back up with Beckett, who betrayed him immediately. But Beckett takes pity on them, lets them on their ship. They escape the planet mm-hmm. to go do a job. Beckett and the crew uh, let let Han and Chewie on this basically as muscle yes. right away. Um, and... Beckett is asking Han what he's going to do. Well, I'm going to, after this job, I'm going to get my own ship and I'm going to go back and get my best gal. What are you going to do, Chewie? All right, Tiffany. All right, thank you. I'm glad you picked up on that. Um, <laughs> don't, don't disrespect and, Chewie. And like Beckett, that. Beckett and everybody else are looking at Han because they don't understand what Chewie's saying, but Han does. And they've picked up on that immediately. Han says, I don't know if he said clan or family. Tribe or family. Tribe or family, thank but, you. But, and then someone mentions, aren't they the same? Yep. And that, yeah, I it's, I am so glad you brought that up, because as, as, as soon as you brought up, like, a powerful dialogue, I was like, oh, yeah, the tribe family thing. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And awesome. dur- during that scene also, Beckett gives Han his uh, iconic DL-44 blaster, mm-hmm. which he has all the way up until And you see death. him kind of dismantle it. Not dismantle it, but break it down from, like, a... A more advanced. It was like, in a sniper rifle configuration. Yes, yes. That's why it still has a scope on it. So Beckett's breaking down one of his weapons, and he just tosses it to Han, and Han's looking at it like, "The fuck is this piece of junk?" And then he keeps it with him always. Mm-hmm. You know, he challenged Darth Vader with it. So yeah, he did. That that was one of my favorite scenes of the whole film. Really? Yep. Because you get you get a little bit of Chewie, you get a little bit of Han, you get. Uh, you get a little bit of Beckett's backstory and, you know, with his love interest, and I don't remember her character's name because she's in the film for such a short amount of time. She was she was played by the same actress that plays Maeve in Westworld. Thank you. Um, you know, and then the pilot, the original pilot, who I also don't remember his name. Yeah. But you get, you get all these little snippets while they're around the campfire, and it's a very peaceful... It's, it's a really well-done scene. Mm-hmm. And... As much backlash as Solo got, how can you how can you not praise that scene because it was so well done? And then we go right into the job. Yes. And the job goes south. Yeah, because of infants nests. Inf- infants or in- infants nests. There's no T. Oh, I don't I don't know. Like infants nests. I just listened. So. Yes, infants nests. So there's a a rival uh, thug group, I would say that thwart Beckett and his little group. 
of stealing a train full of coaxium. And Beckett loses his love interest in it. And we get a little bit of foreshadowing uh, for later in the series that eventually puts Han on the bad side of of, uh, Jabba the Hutt. Han becomes the pilot of the ship escaping with the coaxium. And to save everybody's life, he dumps the cargo and it explodes. What does Han do later in the series to bring him to Tatooine and everything else? He dumps Jabba's cargo, and that's how we end up with Luke and everybody on the Falcon to make some money back to pay Jabba. So that, you know, that was one of the major... I never made that connection. Yeah, I mean, that's... (laughs) But, well, it's all Han's character development. So, you know, Han is this rough-and-tumble smuggler... He doesn't care about other people besides him and Chewie. And it it just goes to show that Han is actually a good guy just doing bad stuff. He cared, even though he just met these people, Beckett and the rest of the crew gave him a chance, helped him get where he was at, gave him the job. Their life's more important than mm-hmm. the cargo. We can make it up later. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a really powerful scene, really important scene for the rest of the movie. That's right Right after that. That's where we get introduced to, uh, I, I almost said Richard Dreyfus. Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany's character, the crime lord, Dryden. Mm-hmm. Dryden Voss. Yes. And we get reintroduced to Kira. Yes. Who, who is not basically his second in command. And slave. And slave, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make it seem like that at first, but then... The more it goes on, the more it's like, oh, she is way more than a slave. Yep. And it's after only two years. It, 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 this is only two years into, or three years into the future from when they got separated. Mm-hmm. So. So right after that, a short uh, exchange with Dryden Voss and Kira. Kira, Chewie, Beckett, and Han leave to go acquire a ship. That's when we get introduced to Lando. Uh, Han challenges Lando to a card game. Mm-hmm. A little bit more fa- foreshadowing for you there. Yes. I, yeah, that's immediately what I thought. Han uh, appears to be a really good card player. Sub, is it sub- Sabak. Sabak. It's Sabak. Yeah. They're playing Sabak. Uh, Han has a hand that he thinks he can beat Lando with, and he... He uh, bets an imaginary ship that he owns, and what do you know? Lando cheats mm-hmm. and wins. And I, I like that you as the viewer get to see that Lando cheated right away. Right after he wins that hand, you get to see that he had the card dealer on his wrist. Yeah. But Han doesn't notice it. Nobody else notices it. So it's like, oh, shit. Fucking Lando's a douche. <laughs> and he is Lando is a douche. Lando's a douche. So, <clears throat> so we also get introduced episode to, title. Yep, Lando's <laughs> a douche. So we also get introduced to L three, uh, Lando's uh, co pilot and companion robot or droid. We'll call it a, we'll call it what it actually is. Droid. Um, what did you think about L three? I liked L three. Uh, sassy, sassy AF. I liked that. How did you feel about her? Just her dialogue and the way she was very progressive, very progressive, <laughs> progressive. Yes. 
Uh, and just the fact that she kind of like, she hints that like possibly at a relationship with Lando, like a sexual relationship. It's like, I, but it's a it's a robot, it's a droid and a human. So I meant more along her social justice. Oh, yeah. All the droids yeah. need to be liberated because they're all slaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But like that's I, a stance that we've never seen before. Uh, we've never seen spoken. Yeah, I was gonna say we've seen bits and pieces of it in like uh, the Matrix and stuff. No, 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 I mean, I mean, just in Star Wars. Oh, okay, that I all was going broader than that. No, but... no, no, just in Star Wars that that all droids are slaves, and C three PO and R two D two have never been looked at as slaves. Um, the astromech droids that get blown up in the Phantom Menace when they're trying to repair the ship, I never looked at those as slaves. I never have. So it was kind of an interesting perspective. Yeah. Um. For me, it was a little bit over the top. It was a little bit too much. Because, and I'll I'll get into this when I talk about Kathleen Kennedy. Star Wars, in my opinion, is not the place for social justice warriors. Star Wars is what Star Wars is. Mm -hmm. We don't, much much like I said with Black Panther, let superhero movies be superhero movies and let's tackle social justice as real people. Star Wars and superhero movies are not the place for social justice. Let them be what they are. If the actors want to do more, that's that's on them. We don't need to make Star We don't need to make Lando Calrissian a pansexual guy. And that's what they've Kathleen Kennedy and the people and this isn't me being against pansexual people or express or anything like that. It's just the only person Lando we've ever seen attracted to is Leia. Leia's a woman. Is it cool that Lando's banging a droid or the droid's banging him? Cool. I don't I don't give a shit. I don't need to know about that. Hint at the relationship and let's move on. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy's blowing it up more. You know, she said that Star Wars is not a place for men. I don't like that. Star Wars is a place for everyone. Yes. So I completely agree with that statement. So we get introduced to L3. We have a cameo of RTD2 and C3PO, which I did not notice. I didn't notice that either. They're in the background. Uh, when the droids are fighting in the little arena and L3's banging on the cage and you're you're just a slave, you know, they're using you for sport. C3PO and RTD2 are in the background. Did not see I that. didn't notice wow. it either. My dad told me about it when we were leaving the theater. Uh, so we come to find the Falcon. We see the Falcon for the first time. It's got a boot on it. It can't fly. Beckett takes the boot off. They escape the planet. Uh, Infant's Nest has put a tracker on the Falcon. Mm-hmm. So the Falcon's obviously not as advanced as we see later in the films. I will say this. I thought it was interesting that they're talking about how, like, he's talking about how amazing this ship is and how, like, it's the best thing he has and, uh... And then, like the, they're they're they even talk about it before they meet him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's in here. It's in uh, it's it's being protected." No, that fucking thing's impounded, like motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, L three cuts <laughs> open the fucking gate. Yeah, it's like, why would you need to break it, break into your own protection? Right. I guess. So it's that was that it's, whole it's cool. yeah. that whole scene or collection of scenes was very well done. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were going to say something. No, Pregnant I'm, re- I'm reading Jennifer, Jennifer's comment. She joined us a little bit ago. She goes, 
uh, in response to Calvin, she goes, I know, geez, all they want to talk about is Star, Star Wars. Star Wars is awesome, Jennifer. Star Wars, Shut up. Star Wars is life. For you her. fucking left at 10 o'clock and left us shitty all day. Yeah. Anyway, back to Star Wars. Life. Um, so we, we hatched the plan that we're going to go steal unrefined coaxium from a planet. Kessel. Planet Kessel. The planet of legend. So you get to see them traveling to Kessel and how difficult it is and, and why L3 is so important to Lando. She has the most advanced star chart database in the galaxy in her fucking brain. Yes. That's why L3 is so important to Lando. And I'm sure that's where the why she, he's so attached to her and banging her and shit. <laughs> you got what I need, babe. She, she likes he likes her for for her mind. And that booty. <laughs> how did you feel about <laughs> the, how did you feel about them giving a robot a fucking booty? I don't think I even noticed. Okay, to be honest. when she's walking in front of everybody on the way to the impound, her fucking hips are swanging. I didn't That fucking droid's got a booty. I didn't even notice. That do she got a booty though. She got a booty. She do. Didn't notice. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> Social oh, yeah. justice in Star Wars. Anyway. Um, but yeah, it was it was really cool seeing like uh them traveling them to Kessel. Tra- the the that area of space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what that area of space is called, but it's, it's that they there's mention of other things from Star Wars lore, such as the Maw. Yep. Awesome. Yep. The mall in, in Star Wars lore, uh, n- uh, now canon, it's a gravity well, but in Star Wars lore, it's a collection of black holes. It's a system of black holes. And that's why that area of uh, the galaxy is so dangerous. Yes. Uh, in this in this particular uh, iteration, it's so dangerous because, okay, there's a gravity well. Uh, there's uh, vacuum-dwelling creatures there's uh and it's the gas and all that it's so dense in that area because of the gravity well you can't see that you can't see it's just like the gas is just clustered together uh it makes it very difficult to travel through that area uh you can uh for those joining us we're hardcore into spot into uh spoilers for solo so if you don't want to watch i i <laughs> yeah we understand yeah spoilers <laughs> as soon as like a couple people just joined in um so yeah, it, so it's very difficult to travel through that sect of space. Well, there's only one way in and one way out. Yeah, clear way. Clear way. Thank you. So, so they hint very, uh, very hard that to go anywhere else around Kessel in this section of space is certain death. Oh yeah. You don't go there because there's the one way in and one way out. Um, the reason they're going to Kessel to get this unrefined coaxium because it's the only place they can get it. They're going to take it to a refinery that's close by because it's the closest place. It's the closest place, and they need to get there fast because unrefined, taken outside of a vault or whatever containment. Out of its containment. Out of their containment. uh, Will explode because it's very volatile. Yes. Uh, So uh, the the longer it's out, the more volatile it becomes. uh, And after, there's a certain, like, degradation point it reaches that it will explode. Yep, and it reaches critical mass and explodes. Y'all fucked. Y'all fucked. Y'all fucked. Uh, so it, it's def- it, it definitely keeps hinting at what is to come, which is the 
what is to be known as the famous Kessel Run, mm-hmm. uh, which the Kessel Run was already a thing. 20 parsecs. 20 parsecs. Can't be done in under 20 parsecs, which a parsec is a unit of distance, yes. not time. Very, very glad you specified that because uh, it's been a... It's been a topic of much debate. Star Trek fans have been after us for fucking decades. Get over it, Star Trek. You fuck blue aliens, which is badass. But and green aliens. <laughs> Heritage. Heritage. <laughs> but uh, so so we go, we go to get the the coaxium. They hatch this plan. Uh, Kira is obviously a badass, and we get we get a little Easter egg when she takes down somebody. Beckett says, "What was that?" And she goes. Terracasi, yes, <laughs> which is a martial arts style that was. It's also a very terrible video game. I actually like that fighting video. You game. You played it? Yeah, I never played yeah, it. I played it. I never got to play it. It wasn't terrible. How do you know it's terrible? Then it was good. I've, I've heard people talk about it. It was good. So that, that's where I draw. So my, yeah, I'm a terrible but person. Terracasi is something that was developed to combat lightsaber wielding people and all kinds of shit. So I'm leaving the next couple seconds to you as i empty my bladder all right so we uh we assault the uh mines that are holding this coaxium uh we get a good uh exchange we get to see kira be a badass we get to see beckett be a badass we get a good little uh bit of fan service and easter egg with the outfit that beckett is wearing uh, which Lando ends up wearing that same outfit in Return of the Jedi when they go to rescue Han. Uh, at one point, Han and Chewie separate because Chewie is going to rescue some Wookiee slaves uh, because that's kind of what he set out to do all along. So the way that they the way they wrote it and the way that they shoot it, you kind of think that Chewie is he's gone. You know, him and Han might get back together eventually, but. Uh, Chewie's going to rescue the slaves, and that's his number one priority. Han gets the coaxium, trying to leave. Guards attack him. Chewie comes in and saves the day. Um, before I forgot to mention this, more fan service. We get to see Chewie rip some guy's arms off in an, in an elevator. So, you know, it, it goes back to uh, A New Hope when Han tells C-3PO that he better be careful because Chewie likes to rip people's arms off. So, I'm just talking about how Chewie ripped that guy's guy's arms off in the elevator. Oh. Um, so we get the coaxium. Uh, L three starts a droid and slave revolt. Uh, which I thought I thought was cool. It fit. You know, it's it's a good distraction. Her dialogue was very well done throughout that that collection of scenes. And then L three L three gets killed. She gets destroyed. Lando goes to rescue her. Lando gets shot. Han and Chewie rescue Lando and deceased L3. They go to escape. Uh, because L3 created the riot, the rebellion, um, an Imperial Star Destroyer shows up. And Han says, they'd never waste a TIE fighter on a freighter. And they just start unloading TIE Fighters out of this fucking Star Destroyer. So the chase is on. Lando's wounded. L3's dead. So they just fly off into the mall. And um, I liked this scene a lot. It was very entertaining. But the reason I liked it the most is because they take 
L3's neurocortex, and they yeah. plug her into the Falcon. So the Falcon becomes alive. It becomes a living thing. Which is really cool because in the past movies, you always see you always see Han and Lando talking to the Millennium Falcon like it's like it's a like it's a being like mm-hmm. it's, it's like it's this living thing. Yep. And now it's like okay, I get it. Well, and you know, in um, Empire Strikes Back, R two D two and C three PO both more than once Han says, "See, go talk to the Falcon, see what you can figure out." Yeah. Uh, in the very in Star Wars: A New Hope. Yes. Uh, they mention, "Oh, this is." The navigation system is like anything, unlike anything I've ever seen. Like the, the it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird dialect or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like everything is, it's all there. Yep. Across across several movies, and now we know why. Yep. So I like I like the way that they did that. Um, we get a chase scene. We get to see some cool stuff with the Falcon. Um, Hans doing some badass flying shit. L3 navigates them out of the maw, Mm -hmm. which has a giant tentacled creature in it that tries to eat them. Yes. That they uh, jettison the escape pod that Lando put into the front of the ship. I'm glad that they did that that way because I hated the way the new Falcon looked. Yeah, and they they even mentioned, like, it wasn't even originally, even for this part of time, they're like, oh, yeah, I just just added that. Mm -hmm. It's like... All right, get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, let's get... It's like... Okay, but that's the escape pod. They're straight up nodding to the fact that it doesn't belong there. Right. And that, and then it, we we briefly see it, and then they get rid of it. So they jettison the escape pod into the uh, gravity well. It draws the creature into it. They dump unrefined coaxium into the fuel line, or straight into the reactor to jettison them the fuck out of there. Yes. They crash land on a planet... They did the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. If you round down. If you round down. <laughs> I, I love all the like the little... Well, because Han and Chewie are, are talking to each other, and Han's like, no, not 14, 12, if you round down. <laughs> and I, I loved that. It, it was The dialogue was so well done. You cannot fault this film oh, for the dialogue. Definitely. Some of the... Some of the cinematography is a little iffy. Some of the writing as a whole is a little iffy. The dialogue is spot on. It's, mm-hmm. it's on point. I agree. It's good shit. I agree. So we crash land on a planet. We it, it just happens to be the planet they need to refine it on. Yep. We safely uh, deliver the coaxium so it can be contained and not explode. Mm-hmm. In record time, Lando's all distraught. Um... Infant's Nest shows up. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, she's a just a regular gal. Well, before we find that out, like Han, like straight up, like challenges them and says, "We have tons of people on that ship. 30, 30 people. We 30 have thirty armed people men. on that. Thirty armed men on that ship, and then the ship just up and leaves. Hey, all I have to do is snap my fingers and give them the signal, and they'll be out here." And right after he says that, Lando gets the fuck out of there, just leaves. <laughs> because he's pissed because the, the Falcon's like destroyed. L3's yeah. dead. It's a it's 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 a hunk of junk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a trash heap, like they've m- numerously called it. Yep. Uh and then yeah, then and I, I thought this was gonna be the moment where, you know, Han shoots first. <laughs> we get that later. Yes, we do. So uh come to find out Infant's Nest is a freedom fighter. 
we hatch a plan. You think you think Han gives fake coaxium to Dryden Voss. Come to find out it's real coaxium. Beckett betrays Han. Kira and Han fight uh, Dryden Voss. Kira kills Voss. Beckett takes Hue- er, Chewie hostage and leaves with the coaxium. Han goes after Chewie. What did you What did you think about Kira's phone call? Because that's where we're at now. <laughs> Kira says, "I'll be right behind you." They're on Dryden Voss's yacht. We'll be right. Be- I'll be right behind you. They They kiss. You know, kind of say their goodbyes. I'll be right behind you. As soon as Han gets off of the yacht, she locks the doors and fucking puts it in lockdown mode and makes a phone call. Yes. And, you know, the lockdown mode is, I think, it's specifically for, it's specifically so no one on the outside can view in yes. as to who she is calling. Yep. And who she is calling is, after it was revealed, made total sense to me. I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it either, but it made sense. As well, soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah. Well. I get this. So you get a, a a projection, an image, a hologram, and I I'm looking at that hologram, and I I hear speaking. Before we go any further, if you are watching this and you didn't get our spoiler warning, this is a big fucking spoiler. Fuck off, if you don't want it spoiled. <laughs> All right, spoiler time. So I saw some mechanical legs. Yeah, you did. And the and I saw a hooded figure with mechanical legs, and I leaned over at my dad, and I said, oh, it's Vader. Mechanical legs, bro. I didn't even think Vader. Vader's got fucking mechanical he legs. He does, but at that point, he had the suit. Yeah, but he gets out of the suit. He does get out of the suit. We see it in Rogue One. Only for a back-to-tank or his meditation chamber. Maybe he was in his meditation chamber. Nope. <laughs> Fuck off. I thought it was Vader at first. Because I didn't expect it to be Darth fucking Maul. Yeah. And it made it instantly once I saw that it was Maul, it made sense. Yes, with all exactly. the with all the crime syndicate shit that he's doing. Like, okay, so my my mind being blown was very short lived because it was taken over by like, yes, this makes sense. Yep. Because he it's uh it's very commonly known amongst huge Star Wars nerds that uh Darth Maul did survive this is before clone wars by the way Mm -hmm. this was a thing darth maul survived uh he started up or he challenged uh several different crime syndicates over overtook them and started his own yep and uh then he allied with the black sons and yes uh he joined the death watch we're in clone wars times now he does all this he does all this shit joins or joins the with the Death Watch, challenges the Huts, does all this crime syndicate shit because he wants to not only challenge the Empire and Darth Sidious, he also wants to challenge the Republic because he wants he wants to have his own his own faction mm-hmm. in the war. He wants to challenge everybody. Who do you want fighting for you? Criminals because they'll fight anybody. Yeah. Um. So it, it made perfect sense once I saw it. It was def- and we we see an older yes. grizzled Darth Maul. It was definitely cooler to see him on on the big screen. Uh, albeit it was probably it's, still CGI, but it's definitely not Ray Park's. No, uh, Darth Maul. But it's 
it, it Ray Park's so, a badass guy. Yes, he is. Uh, it was definitely so much better than the vision we've got seen of him in Clone Wars and Rebels. I thought he was a little bit uh, hefty in the face. Yeah, a little bit thick. Little, where where he is poorly. very he is very skinny. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why I thought that in, because in the, of the Clone, Clone Wars, Wars and the yeah. Rebels. And he's he has such a cool story throughout Clone Wars and Rebels, uh, and, and just overall. So like to see him back and on the big screen, it, it just well, fuck he, yes. I one hundred percent didn't expect it. No, me either. So he tells Kira that she needs to come to Dathomir, which is his home planet, which is we figure out in the Clone Wars and Rebels. It's a very, very important place mm-hmm. for Darth Maul. Um, and then she leaves. We we cut scene, and we end up with uh, Beckett, Chewie, and then Han's there. And Beckett's running off at the mouth to Han, and he's a good kid, but he told him not to trust anybody, and, you know, he doesn't want to kill Han, and then Bam! Han shoots first, shoots him right in the chest. Yeah, he doesn't even let him finish, which is nope. awesome. Yep. Just absolutely awesome. Yep, Han fucking shoots first. Fuck you, Greedo. Han shot you in the dick. <laughs> Your fucking green, flappy dick. Jack, if you don't want solo spoilers, get out of here because we're talking about it. Yeah, the big ones are already through. But go on, get. We're almost done. We're almost done. We're almost done. But so. if you go, if you rewind the stream... Solo spoilers. Be careful. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I was I was really happy with. You could have ended the movie there for me. Oh yeah, and I would have been okay with it. Uh, next we get uh, Han and Chewie leaving with one vial of coaxium, and I liked that they did it this way because it it goes full circle it from how the from how the, the film started from that original vial of coaxium. That yep. they had. Yeah, I agree. So Han sees cool. uh, Han sees Kira leave with. Dryden Foss's yacht. Um, and he goes to find Lando. Challenges Lando to another game of Sabacc. But when he sees Lando, they hug, and he fucking sees that Lando's got the wrist dealer on, takes it from him. Yeah, he pulls some sly shit. He doesn't need he, to... He doesn't he, just take the, the... He takes the cards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. He takes the cards from the wrist dealer. He pulls a little sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. Lando doesn't realize it. So... The whole scene repeats. Lando and Han are challenging each other. People are getting knocked out. It's just him and Lando. And Lando thinks he's got him again. Fucking big bet. The stakes are high. Bet your ship. Because Han specifically says, "Uh, I think she'll do better with me. You know? And it's also funny because this time Lando's on to him about fake ships and all his fake ship and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So... I like that Lando's on the planet that he won in a, in a game of Sabacc. The fucking beach planet, you know? Mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. So Lando goes to do his trick again and pull the card out from his sleeve, and what do you know? Han's got all the cards. Han calls him out on it, and Han wins the Falcon. Yep. And then next thing you know, next thing you see is just him speeding off, jumping to light speed, mm-hmm. you know? Um him one, and Chewie. One thing I would like to... Oh, it, and of course it goes through like the montage of him like flipping the switches and all that and then light speed, pow. Uh, one thing I do want to mention is uh, with Enfin's Nest, who are they working for? The Rebels? Yeah. That It turns out they're not just... They're not just like, these these 
fucking asshole mercenaries that are just trying to undermine other fucking asshole mercenaries. Mm-hmm. They're just they're actually working towards something, and that is the rebellion. Yep. The rebellion that we hear so much about that ends up eventually goes on to take down the empire. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's all it's all it's really cool how they managed to even tie that into this. Yep. So early on. This film fits very well in the timeline. It really does, which is supposedly about 10 years before uh, A New Hope slash Rogue One. Well, if you think about it, Han's about 20. Yeah. Around, he's in his early 20s in this film. He's in his early 30s, I would say, in A New Hope. Late 20s, mm-hmm. early 30s. So it just makes sense. So, uh, in closing, I love this movie. Uh, real quick. In the final scene, before they fly off into light speed, Han and Chewie are arguing about what they do next. Oh, yeah. And he says there's a big shot gangster on Tatooine that's putting together a job. And Beckett is actually the one who brought this up to him before he killed him earlier in the film. Um, So that big shot gangster, Jabba the Hutt. Obviously. He's going to... to He's going to Tatooine to meet with Jabba, and that's... And that's, that's where his troubles begin. Yep. <laughs> kinda. Kinda. <laughs> He's kind of had trouble all yeah. along, but... I, I really enjoyed this movie. Go see it. It like it, it fits great in the timeline. It, it fits perfect in the timeline. It's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether it's shot super well or not, the dialogue, as you said, incredible. Yep. Uh, the, little, the little fan services, incredible. The Falcon looks fantastic. Yes. Yes. Um, I will say this. Given that little cameo appearance from uh, Mr. Mole and the announcement of other movies, the official, annou- almost official announcement of Boba Fett with uh, James Mangold mm-hmm. directing it, uh, the, possible, the possibility of a Lando Calrissian movie, mm-hmm. which is very possible at this point, right. given, given the uproar over... Donald Glover's awesome performance of hardly being in the movie. Right. Um, which other people have argued with me that he was in it a ton. I'm like, no, he really wasn't. He didn't do a whole lot. No, he didn't. But he's getting his own movie. So, awesome. I, I'm all for that. I'm all for a Boba Fett movie. But given that those Han Solo, Boba Fett, Lando Calrissian, they're in the underworld of the Star Wars Well, think universe. about the, Think about this, though. There's still the possibility of a Vader movie. They've all but confirmed an Obi-Wan movie at this point. Yeah. Also, if you're going to do Boba Fett, Lando, Obi-Wan, and Vader, all of these films have the ability to tie together and make sense. Mm-hmm. You do Boba Fett, you do Lando, then you do Vader, and then you do Obi-Wan, and then in the Obi-Wan film, you tie all of these together. Yes. It all makes sense. You know, especially with Rebels, Darth Maul's last entry, final entry in the series is him challenging Obi-Wan on Tatooine right before A New Hope. Yes. So you could almost just pull that straight from Rebels and just end the Obi-Wan movie that way. The Obi-Wan movie could entirely be Ewan McGregor as young Obi-Wan, and then the last 10 minutes of the film, you fast forward, it's old Obi-Wan, on Tatooine, being a hermit and doing his shit. Yeah. What do you know? Darth Maul shows up. And you don't even have to show him fight. You just have to show Darth Maul show up, end of the film. Yeah. Done. Uh, That's what I was kind of getting at, is now that we have Maul introduced, Mm -hmm. reintroduced, uh, 
all of these movies could easily be tied together. Well, because it, Kira's still alive. Yep, Kira's still alive. Darth Maul is reintroduced as the head of uh, Crimson, Crimson Dawn. Dawn. Uh, so all of these movies could tie together in their own trilogy, essentially. And Alden Ehrenreich has signed on to, to play Han yes. Solo in three so, films. So these, all these little things are falling into place for a trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, too. Star Wars fatigue is not real. Nope. Don't listen to the headlines. Star Wars fatigue is not real. This Thank movie you. did not bomb. This movie was great. Yes, it was. I'm going to end that discussion right there because we got to get to one more topic of discussion before we head out today. And uh, good old Mammy Gill. Mammy Gill. She, uh, she discussed with you her sex life today. Yeah. And I want to talk about that. I want to get down to the bottom of that. Break it down. So we're just bebopping along, doing cards. I don't like working with her. She doesn't like working with me. And uh, out of nowhere, she goes, you know, you know when you first get with your significant other, and you guys have sex all the time? <laughs> and I'm like throwing up in my mouth. I'm like, yep, yeah, I do. And she says, you know, and it's not just sex. It's like nasty, dirty shit. You're doing... <laughs> You're not just having sex, you're fucking. Oh my god. And I'm 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 looking at her just laughing like throwing up in the back <laughs> of my head like, "Yeah, we're not just having sex, we're fucking." Like, "Good god, woman." <laughs> and she goes, "Yeah, when my husband and I first got together, he asked me for a blowjob." And I said, "Yeah." She said, "And and I said, you gotta say the magic words. And her husband goes, What's the magic words? Please? And she goes, Nope. The way that her husband asked her for a blowjob was, Suck my dick. <laughs> Suck my dick. <laughs> Paul Rudd and Wonderlust for you there. Oh my God. She said the magic words is, Bitch. Suck my dick. Bitch. Wow. <laughs> Wowee there, pal. Oh, boy. Oh, boy there, bub. Oh, boy. Hey, whoa, you. I almost needed to head to the bubbler there to cool Yikes. down. Yikes. Whoa. That was. Wowzers. So, so, go on. Is that it? That's it. Oh, my God. Uh. Yeah, how do you think I felt? Uh. I understand why you didn't want to talk about it, but I'm glad you did. I'm glad, I'm glad you uh, brought that out in the open. And uh, I feel better. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I, I, I still feel terrible. I'm glad. We still got three more days. Yeah, we do. You got to you got to walk into work tomorrow and uh, imagine her face that again. Doing this. Look, 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 look. look. <laughs> but she's got the head shake. Oh yeah. <laughs> That wasn't me impersonating a Wookiee. Her her head shake is like so subtle. It's just... <laughs> I constantly think she's trying to break her neck. <laughs> but she just she doesn't she doesn't have her one. handshake too. Her really, mm-hmm. I haven't noticed her handshakes, but her head just especially if she gets behind or nervous, watch her hands. They fucking they're intense. Yeah. She's got something. She's got something going on. Early stages of Parkinson's, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I had a friend growing up. 
uh, we would ride the bus together. And you, you didn't notice it really in school, but on the bus we would sit together. And uh, I think she had she had a, a form of Tourette's where she, her body just involuntarily moved. Yeah. Just. And I would I would notice I would notice it on the bus, and we we didn't really hang out with each other in school, but we'd sit together on the bus, and she just. And she'd always try to hide it with some kind of movement with her hand That's or sad. something. Uh, but, yeah. Did you ever try to get her to go down on you? <laughs> no. All right. I did not. We were in two different crowds. Okay. And uh, I would say I didn't have a chance. Not that I wanted a chance. Not that she wasn't attractive, but did I didn't you, Wait, want did a you chance. say you had the chance? Not that I had a chance. Not that I wanted a chance. You're being very cryptic. I didn't. No, she like I said, she was she was good looking. Just I didn't want anything to do with her. Alrighty. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't want anything. Uh. So there you have it, Calvin, Jennifer. Uh, my mic keeps scooting away from me. Um, that that's that's the story of Doris's. Sex that's life. all I have to that's, say about that. Uh. Calvin says, thanks, Tyler. You helped my evil Facebook plot play out. You know, when you get together with your significant other, you're not just having sex. You're fucking. It's you're real dirty, nasty shit. Y'all fucking. You're fucking. Yeah, Dora. I do. Oh, boy. You're fucking. Good God. Suck my dick, bitch. <laughs> Who fucking talks like that? I don't even talk like that. I don't even talk like, like that. Like, when I'm trying to talk dirty? Like, okay, first of all, I don't even try to talk dirty. Nope. Like, I just don't. Nope. Like, no. All right, so. I, I, I've had about enough. Yeah, I've had about enough of that. I'm ready to go get a pizza. You need to just eat food here instead of spending money. It's, it's my tradition. It's my Wednesday tradition. I You're go, a Wednesday. I go, get a, I, go, I go get a $5 hot and ready from Little Caesars just down the road. Right over yonder. Right over yonder, and I, uh, I get on with my night. But I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. We're done here tonight. We uh, are done. We are gonna end on the suck my dick, bitch. <laughs> we're in on that. So uh, every Wednesday, five, roughly around five thirty, you can catch us live on Facebook. We're probably gonna branch out to Twitch as well for our live streams. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. We'll definitely make some sort of announcement, but every, every Wednesday, roughly around five 30 Facebook's live, Facebook live. Uh, if not, you can catch us the next day on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher radio, Google play, Spotify, other, <laughs> all of your podcasting services across the interwebs. Yes. On journey into comics. Network. Subscribe there. Uh, and you could also donate a dollar or three to the Patreon. Or one hundred. Or yeah, or one hundred. We'll, if you if you're a fan of the show, you know what that gets you. Uh, one dollar gets you early access. Three dollars gets you early access plus bonus content. Help us out and keep an eye out. We possibly have some T-shirts coming your way. So uh, support us. We, uh, we want PB and J on our dinner table. We can't afford it. Yeah, look forward uh, every week to some wacky polls uh, yep. on the fo- podcast review Facebook page. I'm gonna touch on it. Um, I posted a poll this week, uh, or yeah, late last week into this week. Uh, if you had to choose between Blaine and myself to become your best friend forever, who would you choose? 
the day that I posted that, Blaine texted me and said, I voted for you, and I immediately replied with, yeah, I voted for me too. Um, and then he smoked my ass. He beat me by 42 votes. We had 82 votes on the poll. He beat me by 42. Uh, I will say, uh, at first I was smoking you, and then it became dead even. And then you were winning a little bit, and then it was dead even, and then you were winning again a little bit, and then it was dead even. And then, like, last two days, like, it, it got down to, like, I think, the, like, the last 24 hours. And I was like, fuck this. And I was on vacation. I said, fuck this. And I campaigned like a motherfucker. I said, hey, vote for me. Hey, vote for me. Hey, vote for me. I even had only humans share the poll and tell people to vote for me, which I didn't get any votes from that, by the way. Still, you did. I, you smoked my ass. Smoked his ass. All of you people that voted for Blaine, you let humanity down. Agreed. You you did you did the earth a disservice, um, cause I help him, I help him be a better person, be a better gay. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep these posts uh, these polls going up. Um, drop a comment or leave us a message on Facebook, uh, on the podcastery Facebook page. Let me know what you guys uh, maybe give me some ideas for polls. I'm just gonna keep doing really dumb ones until somebody. Somebody gives me one really controversial and good that I can really sink my teeth in. Um, but uh, if we if we get enough uh, reaction on these polls, I might do a giveaway with the t-shirt. So if you listen, you like free t-shirts, and you like polls, participate in our poll. Tyler likes polls. I like polls. Um, big, sweaty, meaty polls. The veiny, triumphant bastards. But uh, leave leave some comments on our polls. You might get a free T-shirt. You never know. So I don't know what I'm going to do this week yet. I think I've I've solidified the four day polls. I think that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. That way I can pump more of them out. I haven't had time to do one yet this week. Uh, this might be a little bit later one towards the weekend. But that's all I have to say about that. Yep. So uh, thanks again, guys, for listening. Thanks again, guys, for watching. Uh, and we'll see you next week. I'm Dick. I'm Tyler. This is a Journey into Comics network production. Please make every day a big dick day. Bye! Bye! Woke up this morning With my dick in my hand Girl, he's to the right of me Just like I planned Yeah.